residents of Meeple Town, this is Dean. John Apology. And today we are going to be doing a review of Glenmore 2 Chronicles. We're going to be talking about a few games we've been playing lately, as well as some games that we played at Tennessee Game Day's Fall Edition. Then we're going to be doing a showdown between football highlights and baseball highlights. So thanks for joining us for episode number 28. residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with a shirt on that says, I love Tofurky. And he also has a bowl of cranberry sauce. His face is literally face down in a bowl of cranberry sauce right now. It's going everywhere. It's dripping all over the bowl. Can you it's imagine crazy. the sound of that? That sound would be awful. What? Of a face of like, cranberry sauce? Yeah, like your face. Yeah, face first in the cranberry bowl would be just a really gross sound i don't know would it yeah okay hold up so those who have not been listening to us for a year uh, last year we did talk a little bit about thanksgiving and dean loves cranberry sauce now so i'm gonna ask this question do you like like a homemade cranberry sauce or you you like the gelatinous stuff from a can (laughs) i like the i like the real cranberries better but i don't care both of them are good dude my dad like loves the jelly stuff like he's like don't even give don't even try to make your own cranberry sauce he's like give me the jelly sauce i'm like oh like i don't mind it actually i, get but I definitely the, prefer other stuff i think the texture of the actual berries people don't like I, that's probably true that's and he he loves that he loves that uh that jelly in a can baby and <laughs> sounds gross have you had tofurkey before uh i don't think so okay all right i was curious as if you had had it if it was any good maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't recall having tofurkey before. It is. I wanted to say that because it sounds fun to say, mostly. So, yep. there you go. Does it sound better than turkey? No. <laughs> no. I, I like tofu. Yeah. I'm down with tofu, but it's just not as good as turkey, I'm sure, for me, you know. Hey, why are you Johnny Apology? Oh, yeah, that's good. I know No, why. it's not. It's Johnny Apology. Johnny Po Oh, okay. You, got, you gotta have to make it go together so it sounds more smooth. Did you see me? See me roll my eyes. It's too late can you, to. Can apologize. you see that, Johnny? Uh, so I am Johnny. Apology because y'all, our last episode, my microphone sounded terrible, and the episode before that, it started what like a minute of bad sound or something like that. Remember that, Dean? It was a couple episodes. And ago, yeah. we, I just wanted to apologize for that, y'all. We have, um, we heard, we had the mess up two weeks ago, and we tried to fix it, and I, we brought in some new equipment, and I personally. One who loves sound, because I play music. I want to get it all perfect. Um, I screwed something up uh, about mic placement last time, and it sounded terrible. So hopefully this episode sounds way better, and it will from now on. So if you're new to the show, that's not what it normally sounds like. This is what it normally sounds like. Hopefully. Right, Dean? What, yeah, hopefully. What really happened is... is is Johnny Pology was like lounge back in a seat. He just didn't want to be here for the last recording. He's like laying back like, I don't care. I, I, just, I, I laid on a couch and talked to the microphone like it was uh, a uh, psychologist. Like, that's right. That's what I did. He did not. No, we were just testing something new out and it bombed, but we think it'll be good this time. We think so. So, hey, you mentioned uh, in the intro, we're going to be talking about some Tennessee... Tennessee game days. Game days fun? In the fall. Yeah, so Dean and I this last week... Um, we weekend. spent Friday. Weekend. What? Weekend. We, does it, do you really need to specify? I was going to say the days. <laughs> All right. This this last weekend, Friday night and mm, three quarters of Saturday, we spent playing games with some local fo- folks here in Tennessee. And we just thought we'd briefly kind of talk about some of the games that we played 
And what we like is we played some newer games, but also some older games too. So, Dean, what was what were some of the highlights of the weekend? Well, we did play some good games. I, I think one of the highlights. <laughs> That's where I say very, astute, 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 astute observation. observation. <laughs> Uh, but okay, that's yes, we did play good games, but we don't always play good games at conventions or otherwise. And I feel like we played like a whole slew of good games this time. Would you agree? Mm. Outside of the very first game, I'm that trying we to played, think of the last game days we went to. I, I would say it's about even for me. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm one of the because like Teo to walk and I loved. It. I learned that last game days and you didn't love yeah, so much. That's true. That's true. I'm one of the guys though. If if I'm at a convention like that where you're just playing a bunch of board games, I'll just go around to the different tables and if there's something available, I'll jump in. Like I yeah. don't I don't really like I'm not super judgy about what I'm playing. I just want to not walk around and you know not playing anything. And so this one we were a little more selective about the things that we played i think well, at least we got I was. a group and we stayed with the group the entire time that's true and we don't often do that so and and it was it was a good it was good company yeah i yep. I, I think that we played with uh steph hodge from uh, all the meeples of the rainbow and that was that was good like we just kind of stuck friday night and then most of the day on yeah. saturday we played with her as, as and i had never played games with her she is really cool the only problem i have with her is she just destroys us in games always, always. <laughs> i mean like i felt all weekend like i was like dude i i played terrible you guys you ever have those cons or whatever or game nights where you're just like i'm just not in it um every day of my life yeah i know <laughs> I felt like that. The only games I won, Meeple Town, were two games when it was just against Dean. <laughs> but then he he did better than me in every single game that we played with multiple players. Yeah. Every game. I mean, it was like, I was like, feeling, I felt awful. I came in last place so many times this weekend. <laughs> I just, I felt accomplished coming close to Steph is what I felt like. Cause, yeah. Yeah, because she's stinking good at games. But yeah, I would definitely play with her all, the games with her all day long again if we got a chance. It yeah. Was, it was really good. Yeah, I agree. We had a blast. So let, let's just kind of go through some of those games that we played, talk about maybe some of our highlights, and then we'll talk about some other games after that. But, but the first game, John, that we got to play was a game called Shifting Realms. Mm-hmm. What do you want to say about shifting realms? Pass. <laughs> we do not even want to talk about it. You don't want to I talk about. I think we should it. shift past this one oh. and move on to the next one. Um, I thought it was very mediocre and had no no desire to play it again. I would agree with that statement. <laughs> the company was fun, and there oh, the was, was there fun. was some. I mean, it's not just like it's not the worst game I've played. I've played no, worse games. It, it was it wasn't the worst game, but it was just there was nothing that made me excited. Yeah, it, and in, in this game, you've got three different boards that come up every game, and, and you're basically collecting resources and playing tiles. It's, you're taking three actions on your turn, moving around, collecting resources, building buildings, and then there's different things that trigger as you go. Yeah, it just didn't it just didn't grab me. There was nothing special about this game that made me want to play it again. No, it's rated 7.3, it looks like, here at Board Game Geek, so there are definitely people that really like it, so... That it could just our opinions and we just it just might not have been our thing. That's true. There are true. people that like it, but I it just was one that I'm like, man, I could, I'd never care to play that again, you know. Yeah, and it could be like we were playing the, apparently there's going to be a Kickstarter soon with the expansion, and we were playing with one of those expansion modules, and uh, but, but I don't I don't really, think that really shifted my my opinion. I don't at think all. it would either. But, I didn't dig the expansion, but I also didn't really dig the game. So yeah, wasn't anyway, my fave. Yeah, let's move on. But then we <laughs> then we went on there to play a game that I had been wanting to play for a while called Homebrewers, and so in Homebrewers you are 
exactly as you would think like you're you're building you are building this engine of creating beer in your garage and then so it's super millennial super hipster yeah. <laughs> it totally is so basically what you're doing is you're rolling dice and then you are uh doing the actions that are on those dice so you might be you might be brewing you might be gathering the 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 wheat got got wheat right? i mean or barley hops. barley hops it's hops, hops. You're g- gathering hops that you need uh you might be taking cards that that are giving you the flavor of the different beer or the um, or different actions that you get as you brew, you're placing these cards under your board, and when you take that action to brew, then you get all of those things from those cards listed. And then there's the set collection for points at the end of the game. That's kind of essentially it. It's a pretty simple game. This theme really draws me. If you've, you've heard me talk about uh, you, uh, what Heaven and Ale, you've heard me talk about probably Brew Crafters in the past because I like that game quite a bit. This is a game theme that I really enjoy, and I, I like this one, although it did feel pretty themeless to me. Yeah, okay, so it was, um, I thought it was pretty, I thought it was good for what it was. It's, on Board Game Geek, it's like the weight is rated like 2.25 or something, which it was, it was pretty light. I mean, fair, but it had a little bit of thinkiness, right? So you're, yeah. you're drafting these dice, but overall it's not, it's, um, yeah, it, it, it would be, a, I think it could be a, potentially a nice little gateway game for folks, because I don't think it's, you think it's a little bit too much for that? No, 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 not, yeah, not at all. I don't think not it is all. either, um. And so um, I thought it was, it was actually, um, it was a fine game. I, I, I thought it was a solid game. Do I want to go out and get it? Probably not. But if someone wants to play it, I really would. So it's, it might be something that a lot of folks really like. I don't even think it's out yet, Dean. I was looking here on, um, on BGG and it doesn't look like, it looks like there's a couple in the geek market, but there's nowhere to buy it. I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. This was a, this was a, I believe a review copy that Steph had and, yeah. um, you, you know, sometimes we get review copies that we got to get through and so we we definitely yeah. had a heart for for her getting through her review copies as well so. i could be wrong I'm, I'm that's why if you heard me typing in the background um uh no it looks like okay never mind it looks like let me see here this is great radio baby it's not it's actually. the best <laughs> uh, i think you can get it now maybe in um it's about 30 bucks or so so it's either that or you can pre-order it now so i don't know if you like dice drafting um but they're your own dice really so you're kind of dice trading you're dice rolling and trading you're not really drafting dice i didn't say drafting i'd know i did it was me <laughs> anyway yeah you're rolling your own a, a dice, solid but... solid little game yeah yeah i agree i agree so that's how we played that no 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 that's not true we we had to get we played skull hollow but we've already talked about that on the podcast that's right. so that's right we we do have a video we will have a video coming out within the next week or so of that yeah so jump ahead to the next day we mm-hmm. get there on saturday morning and we found a, a, a player named gordon who was willing to play a game that we gordo also need to get reviewed i don't know if he appreciates being called that maybe he does i don't know he told me under the table that he did Is, that's a you went under the table for him to say do you not dean do you not realize that he and i were in cahoots against you in the game of and you still beat me katan starfares <laughs> yeah yeah, the, nobody you knows what we played us. yet. I know. <laughs> we did. We formed an alliance against Dean, basically, where we were trading back and forth the whole time, and Dean still won, so that's how bad we are. I did. I did win that game. And Of course, I think we screwed up because we were kind of helping each other, like, hey, here's an extra resource just to be nice. That might have actually lost the game for us, if now that I think about it. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, there was hardly any trading going on with me. And here's the thing. I was in last place until, <laughs> until I came back and... 
and one at the very end. But that was um, I didn't appreciate that. My feelings were a little hurt that you guys were excluding me from all the the fun trading options. But that was a close game, though. <laughs> There's a good chance that I could have gotten on the next one. So like that's that was that I like that yeah. a lot about it. Like we were all. I mean, that's how Catan is when you have people that I mean, at least know what they're doing. I think is that it usually ends up being really tight at the end. And you just got to be a little more efficient than everyone else. Yeah. What do you think about it? What do you think about Starfarer? Had you played the old Starfarers before or no? No, that's what I was going to say. I've, I've never played it. And, and just to give you, I'm not going to go through all of like how it plays, but just so you know, like it's basic Catan, but you're tra- the way you travel around the board in space is is much different. The, the uh, event cards, you've got event cards that will pop up and that like allows you, kind of like a choose your own adventure thing. So like you read it and mm-hmm. they pick which, what they want to do. And then there's, once you put trading post on these trading tiles, then you're able to um, get special abilities that go along with that. And so that's, that's kind of the basic differences. But for me, those were big differences that made me like the game quite a bit. I like Catan anyway. Like, I, I, don't, I don't poo-poo on it because I still play it, you know, at least once a year, usually a couple times a year. Uh, but this is my preferred way to play now. I thought it was a lot of fun. So, uh, Catan, I'll say, Standard Settlers of Catan is a game that I... It's mediocre for me because I don't really like the trading aspect of it because I play with people that take forever to trade. Like, you know those people, Dean, where you're like, all right, you want to trade ore for a wheat? And they're like, no. Mm, what if I what if I sweeten the pot and now I give you an ore in this? And then someone else is like, well, let me get this. And it, sometimes it just feels like we're going around for 10 minutes to make some trades. And I'm like, oh my gosh, just let's please move on. There was a little bit of that in our game. There um, was, for uh, sure. Uh, and so that... Th- this game does not change that at all. That's why you have to play with yeah. the right people that don't do that. You just yeah. got to keep the game moving. I think if I played regular Catan with people that kept the game moving, I would like it a lot more than I do. I still think it's a fine game. Um, this, though, I agree with you. I like the I like some of the new pieces to it. Um I really like the engine building aspect to it, to where you can go and make friends on another planet, and then you can, like, I, I was able to get my production every time I got um, an ore. I was able to get an extra ore. You know, every time I got uh, carbon, I got an extra carbon. So I like that about it. I thought it was interesting how whenever you're building uh, the star ports or whatever the, that gives you two victory points, you only still get one resource per, instead of, like, on Catan, where you're getting two resources for the... It's, what's, yeah, what's it's, the bigger a, it's one a spaceport it? versus a city. Yeah. Um, like, it, the cost is the same. The spaceport, the difference is that you're able to launch your ships from there, yeah. which as you're moving out, you want to be able to launch your ships farther out into yeah. space. And so you don't want to, you know, have a spaceport back at the very beginning. Um, yeah, it, but the cost is the same, but John's right. So spaceports are just launching ships and the cities you're getting double resources. So this one, there's not that way to get double resources outside of going to the trading post and getting those cards. But when you do that, you have to choose, uh, and it depends on which spaceport you're at, but one of them allows you to get an extra resource of that type. And you get to pick which type of that is. Um, and then once you take that card, you're you're set. And you can get multiple cards, so... Yeah, there's a whole lot more. Honestly, I don't what I don't want to spoil it because we will probably do a video review. Um, we even talked about a podcast review. Are we ruining the potential podcast review? Yeah, maybe, maybe. But uh, I, I think there's a lot more to. There's say a lot about more to game. say. I will say one last thing is that I like how roads are eliminated, and um, and so I just like the way that you can't get boxed in as easily as you can in Catan because it's space. Now, yeah, and if you <laughs> like being able to do that, you might not like that about uh, Starfarers. But I will say this: Starfarers was my surprise of the 
um, game days. Con. Both of us. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was. I was not expect. I mean, I was really interested to play it. Which Dean, I thought. I think you didn't think I would be that interested. I was like, yeah, I really want to play it. But I was like, whoa, this is pretty good. This is this is fun. Um, I I like it, and I could see myself owning it and playing it quite a bit with folks. Actually, um, yeah. So it was it was my surprise of the Tennessee Game Days fall. Yeah. All right. So from there, I might be wrong about this. I think from there we went on to play. Uh, I'll, I'll just say this. It may not have been the exact order of this, but we, we went played, on to play Paranormal. Ugly Christmas Sweaters. Dang it. Oh, <laughs> I just ruined it. I mean, you know, it was. Okay. Know. Ugly Christmas Sweaters. For some reason, mine's not in order. Um, so Ugly Christmas Sweaters was a game that we have because we uh, we reached out to uh, we reached out to the company to get a copy of this because it's on Kickstarter right now. And we're going to try to do a quick video of this soon so that it's out before the Kickstarter ends. But Ugly Christmas Sweaters is a game by, it's uh, self-published, a game by designer Hunter Henniger. And in this game, it's a trick-taking game, but instead of just taking tricks and getting points that way, you're taking tricks and you're using the card. You're, whoever wins that trick gets to draft a sweater piece that they're going to put into their uh, their tableau and you're building sweaters up you're building up three sweaters potentially each round and then you gain points on those different sweaters so it could be that you know you want to get a sweater that's all this you know all purple or all green or it has a Christmas tree and two pieces of green on the sweater or something like that so it's basic, basic set collection but with the trick-taking mechanics so that you can draft those pieces I really enjoy holiday themed games and yes, I really enjoy do. trick-taking games because at Christmas time I know that I can get family, uh, in-laws and 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 yeah, mostly in-laws to play uh, trick-taking games of Christmas-themed, you know, the, with the Christmas theme. And I I enjoyed this one. I thought this one was was fun, and it's what I expected. I, I don't know if there's going to be any changes that are made as a result of the Kickstarter with the rules or anything yeah. like that. But I I liked it. No, it was you have like if you've played anything like Rook or or, or Euchre or, you know, Diamonds or anything like that, you know that you have one, uh, each card only has one symbol on it. Now, this one, you have to... Like a suit or something yeah, like right, that. A suit, yeah. right. So, on this one, you're playing with, basically, each card is two different suits. It's the color, and then it has another symbol on there. That's a little... A little tricky, maybe, if you're... Yeah, for so, newer people. you know, for me, I'm... I generally like adding a little something to the game, but I felt it was just a little convoluted, the game, like adding that little thing where you're not just... And the then you two also, suits you mean. also have Yeah, and you also have two things that can be... There's a trump and like a super trump. And so like I just felt like for a game like that, they should have simplified it. Like an ugly Christmas sweater, supposed to be kind of fun game. I didn't think it was a bad game, but I... I mean, spoil... I, I, just, I just thought it was... I thought it was very mediocre, actually. I think they tried to do too much, yeah. and it made it less good. <laughs> That's the right way to say it. I would agree with that statement, but I still enjoyed it. You still it. enjoyed I, it. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Trump and Super Trump, I was okay with that. Because if you've played... if like I Rook, was okay Rook, with Trump for and example. Super Trump, but I'm yeah. thinking with that added with the symbol and all that kind of stuff. It was just kind of like... Yeah. And then you have like a bunch of different ways to score your sweaters. And so you're, there's a lot going on. I was okay with that because if you don't have that, you're really going to trounce somebody, I think. I think if maybe they just eliminated that extra symbol thing yeah. like, to streamline it a little bit more. Like I, I was going to say, like I think all of it together maybe kind of go, eh. Yeah. Yep. But I knew exactly what I was looking for, and I got it. I was happy. Um, so it, there is still some time to back this on Kickstarter if you're interested in this at all. I definitely would check that out. That's Ugly Christmas Sweaters. 
Then after that, we got to play Paranormal Detective. Is that right, John? Yes. Am I getting the order correct? Yep. Paranormal All right. Detectives. All right. We got a review copy of Paranormal Detectives from Lucky Duck Games. And this is a deduction game plus for me. It is a... Would you say party? I would say party game. This is a party sure, game. Sure, but yeah. It plays up to six players. And it has the feel of, let's say, Mysterium and some deduction game. And, which I guess Mysterium is that. But, uh, and maybe like Cranium <laughs> had a baby. Would that be accurate? Well, the problem is I haven't played a lot of those games. So you haven't played Cranium? Mysterium. I've played Cranium, but it's okay. been so long. I don't even remember hardly what it is. <laughs> Honestly, I'm being real. It's been such yeah. a long time. So, Paranormal Detectives, you're trying to figure out the, you know, the who, what, where, when, why of the of what happened with this person dying. And you do that, you have one player who's a ghost, kind of like Mysterium, and they are giving you clues based on what you're asking the ghost. So, you might ask the ghost who it was, but the way that they give you the clue is based on how you give what card you give them. So, it could be that they're giving you some letters to help you spell out what the what that clue is. It's very thematic, like or they draw like yeah, or they yep. write with draw with their finger on the back of your on your back. Right, and so right. that was interesting or or try to move some like ropes and try to draw out what it is. So it's very like I'm a I am the ghost and I'm trying to help you. So it is super thematic. They can like scream out a sound or point to something in the room or mouth something without saying it, yeah. which really messed me up in that game because I misunderstood what <laughs> What Steph was saying. Well, in that I game. misunderstood it even worse than Dean, but then Dean made the <laughs> maybe the most boneheaded decision or something of the whole uh, game days thing because there was no a time doubt. instead of so uh, I guess it was the who he yeah. we were trying to figure out who the who was. So instead of Dean saying I didn't understand uh, what she said about the who, Dean says something along the lines was I don't understand what she said about the assassin. <laughs> <laughs> which was like uh, that helped which me. was not the right word by no the way. that wasn't the right word but it was assistant <laughs> right but i was so far off I, I think i wrote down i had i didn't even know it was a word but i wrote down the best symbol sound i could get and i think i wrote down channing tatum or something like that <laughs> you, you did it was, it was way so, off it wasn't that was like, but it was something like that and i was like okay but it helped me because then we said assistant i was like for some reason, the words I was like, okay, that might be right. I mean, uh, assassin. <laughs> Channing Tatum that, might know, be right. It's well, it wasn't Channing Tatum, but it was it was something <laughs> like that. And I remember thinking that that flows right. So maybe Dean's right, and then it helped me to get assistant, which actually helped me to win the game. So you helped me win the game. Yeah, and so when you're guessing, like if you make a guess and you get it wrong, what they do is they tell you how many clues that you got right. And but it also, if you're making that guess, it helps the other person. Yeah, and yeah. so that 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 was that was tough. Now this is not your style game, right, John? No, 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 no. It's not. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm more and more. I like doing podcasts and stuff because it really helps me to really think even more deeply about what I like and what I don't like. I mean, it was. It was fine for what it was. If someone wanted to play again, I would play it again. But I'm not like. I'm not gonna go out and get it at all, and I don't really care to play it again. If it was like a fun, if it was like a fun party setting, I would. Yeah, I really enjoyed this yeah. one. This was a hoot for me, and I. I kept thinking. Oh man, even though John's lame, I know lots of people that would really enjoy this game. Did you hear what I said? I don't care what you said. <laughs> um, I, I, listen, I'm teaching my sons this. My oldest son annoys the duders out of my middle son. Mm-hmm. And I keep telling him, dude, if you didn't react, then he would stop. So that's what I'm just trying to implement that. So I'll stop. I won't stop, but <laughs> but I do I think this game is not for everybody. If you don't like if you don't like deduction, if you don't like like just silly fun. I don't think this game is for you, but wow, I could I could see this game hitting the table a lot with 
uh, with my extended family. I think they would like this one quite a bit. So I'm going to try to get some plays of this with them over the holidays, maybe. We'll see. But, all right, uh, let's talk about our next game, which was... Oh, I just lost my list, John. What's the next game The next game that we played after that was um, Ginkopolis. Is it? Yeah. That's right. Ginkopolis is... Which neither one of us had played. Yeah, we hadn't played. This one is way out of print and super expensive if you ever want to buy this one. So forget about it until <clears throat> Pearl Games would reprint this. <laughs> Please. Reprint Pearl this Games. one. And Ginkopolis is, is is a lot of things. It's engine building. It's tiling. It is... What else, Sean? It's uh, set collection. It's... Yeah. Lots of... Uh, area of control. Area control. That's what I was trying to think of that one that you... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, John, you had a little bit of trouble wrapping your mind around how this Man, game plays. Man, I'm telling you, like, I, I, I felt like an idiot. And I think it had to do somewhat with... I went to bed at 1 o'clock in the morning and woke up at 6 o'clock in the morning after playing games on Friday night. And then this was towards the end of the day for us playing, and I felt like my brain was just fried. And I did. I, I, I had to ask. I just felt like dumb. I had to keep asking questions over and over again. And I was, and, uh, but that still doesn't matter. I still really like the game. And I think that I really would like it even more if I played it again to where now my mind understands. Because there's just so many things you have to look for is why I kept feeling dumb. Because I'm like, because you have to think about the air control piece. You have to think about the way you're stacking tiles piece you have to think about the way you're placing tiles around the board piece and like i just kept feeling like that was the inoptimal move like all the time like oh i should have done that oh i should have done that but i was just my brain was just a little too slow and i came in last of course well the challenge was steph was like you're you're not going to win this game which you know she's played this game what probably hundreds of times it's, it's her, her it's her favorite, favorite game. game yeah and uh so i was like i was just trying to beat oh you i'm gonna the, win and you beat me by not. 10 points anyways i think i did not win though no but i really enjoyed this one i would say for both of us it was the, it was game a of game con. of the con, yeah, for me for sure. It was it definitely was. I would say Catan uh, Starfair is is it's a little it's definitely behind it, but yeah. But those are my top two games that we played. Me too. This weekend. Me too. Wow, we agree on something. Now we did get one more play, but we'll talk about that later. We, we yes. played another game of, of football highlights, and we'll get to that in the the showdown. But uh, let, is there anything else you want to talk about about what you've been playing? What have you been playing lately? I'll, I'll really really quickly because I know we're we're running on the time now, Dean. Oh, we're, we're rocking good. and rolling. We're good. Are we? Yeah. Are we doing well? All right. One game. I've only got one playing. It was why I don't. I've been hesitant to, to mention it, but um, that's Rome by Ryan Luckett. That's like his new game that he's got coming out. That he ha- it is out now, and it's different than a lot like Near and Far. It's different than Above and Below, it's big time. This is more of a. Uh, a tactical, almost polyomino type game where you have cards in the middle of the table and you have characters that have ways to put out these markers onto those cards, those six cards out there, and when you flip the card over, kind of like Spirits of the Wild if you've ever played it, then you get to do that action which allows you to put the um, your pieces into certain like polyomino kind of shaped spots, but you have to do it exactly like that. And then after the cards are full, then whoever has the most um, tokens on those spots gets that card it's actually a character that goes into your uh, tableau that you can now use as one of your uh, actions. And so there's some other things to it um, for sure, but just in, and just to keep it kind of quick, I played one game and I actually enjoyed it. Like I, I thought going into it, I was like, I hope that I like this game. And I did enjoy my first play. They also sent an expansion of uh, this Jim, Jim Road, I believe, expansion, which I really thought was awesome. Um, so this is one I've been really wanting to play more of. I can't give you like I love it or don't love it at the moment, except for I can say... I did enjoy my first play, and I'm very much looking forward to playing it more. Yeah, I want to check this one out, kind of. I mean, it's it's not at the top of my list of games that they're putting out, but I, I think I might enjoy it. We'll yep. see. 
What about you? All right, so we got a copy from Super Meeple uh, to review of Colors of Paris. This is a, a game by designer uh, Nicolas de Oliveira, and the artist is Fabrice Weiss. And in Colors of Paris, it's it's kind of basic uh, set collection through worker placement, but the, the big twist is that the board shifts. And so, like, it's on this... Uh, this circle board and every round it it moves over one spot and you're leaving one of your workers on the board so you have to not just place your workers but you have to kind of think ahead of which which worker can I leave on the board for next round mm. uh, so that I can take that action before the other person does because you're gonna block players out of spots now I played this a two-player game with my wife we both enjoyed it I, I didn't it, it didn't blow me away it's nothing yeah. like you know the most amazing worker placement game ever but i do like it because i like the theme the you know it's it's a lot it's basic in the sense of like lords lords of waterdeep where you're just collecting uh in this case you're collecting paint colors so that you can paint a painting um but if it's a kind of a relaxing type game i enjoyed it my wife my wife uh, she liked it so it's it's one we're going to get more plays of we're, we're going to review this in a video here in the next week or two once we can get some more plays but yeah it's it's fun yeah I'm, I'm interested in trying it i haven't um obviously haven't played it yet so i like that little mechanic that you were saying about the way the wheel works and stuff that sounds kind of interesting yeah that was that was pretty unique i think but I besides that i mean i, I mean I, I guess i can't say anything else because i haven't played it you have not all right. all right but what we can talk about is glenmore 2 chronicles Sweet. which we'll talk about after the overview Glenmore 2 Chronicles was published in 2019 by Fun Tales. The designer is Matthias Kramer. The artist is Jason Coates. It is for two to four players, plays in 90 to 120 minutes for ages 12 and up. Glenmore 2 is a tile laying game where you are going to be going around a rondelle board, placing your worker and taking the tile off of the board to put it into your own personal tableau of tiles and the way that works is if you are in the last spot on the board then you can take your scotsman your worker put it on a tile take it and then you're going to gather the resources based on the left hand the bottom left side of the tile you're going to pay the resources for the top left side and then it's going to trigger that tile as well as all of the surrounding tiles. Now in order to place a tile in a particular spot, you need to have a clansman that is also located in a spot adjacent to where you're going to place that tile. So you might be wondering why would I collect these tiles and the reason why you're going to put these tiles into your area is because when those tiles trigger, they're going to either give you resources or uh, there's tiles that will allow you to trade in resources for points. You might be able to move your Scotsman around so that will help you to expand your area. But ultimately, at the end of the day, you're trying to get points. Another thing that is different about this game is the clan board. Now, when you take a person tile, that's going to give you potential points at the end of the round, every round. But also, when you take those tiles, you're going to be able to move around on the clan board. And when you do that, that's going to give you different resources. It'll give you different actions that you can take. It might give you points. There's a lot of different things that it'll give you, but that's one way that you can kind of uh, really build up your engine and, and uh, get more points. And you're just going to be going around, around and around and around. There's four phases of this game doing the same thing. And at the end of the game, you're going to add up your points. Now, at the end of every round, there's an A, B, C, and D stack of tiles. At the After one of those stacks is gone, 
you're going to do the scoring round. And you're going to gain points each of those rounds based on uh, the four different criteria. Now one thing is you'll be comparing Scotsmen that you have on your castle compared to the other players. Another one is however many percentiles you have compared to the other ones. Also, how many of the whiskey barrels that you have in comparison to the other people. And then the land cards that you'll gain throughout the game. Now, how that works is that you're going to take the person who has the lowest amount of each of those categories and then compare everybody else to what they have. So I'm going to use whiskey barrels as an example. Let's say you're playing a three-player game and one player has one whiskey barrel. The second player has two whiskey barrels and the third player has seven whiskey barrels. So the first one that has one gets zero points because they're the lowest. The one that has two has one more than the other player and so they get one point. Now the third player has six more because they have seven and the other one has one. They have six more whiskey barrels and so they're actually going to get eight points because anything more than five counts as eight points. That's just a, a gist of how that works, and that's that's really how the game plays out. It's really simple. You're also gonna you're gonna have this market where you're gonna be able to buy, buy and sell goods that you produce over the game. And the thing that's really different about this Glenmore 2 is that it has these chronicles, and there are eight chronicles in the game. Unless you kickstarted it, then there's nine, and these change the rules of the game. Pretty much they're subtle changes for the most part. Some of them are bigger changes, but you might be producing haggis to get points. Uh, you might be going over this this highland to drop off resources, and if you land on that space, you'll take the resources. You might be racing your boat around the boards, and whoever finishes first is going to get the most amount of points. And, and, and that's the, the gist of how this game plays. But let's get to the table and hear our review of Glenmore 2 Chronicles. <laughs> You realize that the music that you're playing right now is is gonna We just lost half of our audience. Well, yeah, you, you played music over the music that I'm playing on the overview. I know. I don't appreciate that. I just want to be the sound effect guy. And the, those claps were really loud. They do you think it's like we're peeking out there? You think it like totally peeked out? Or <laughs> yeah. you can you can mute that part of it if you really want to for the pot. So if we're talking right now and you didn't hear the claps, it's because Dean muted it. Oh, <laughs> to all right. spare your ears. To spare the ears. So Glenmore Two. This is a game that Dean and I have been. We played on Tabletopia, I guess, with Nils uh, from Fun Tales, and that was wow, a long time ago, pushing a year ago. You think? Yeah, Dan? I think it was like in February or something like yeah. that. So eight months ago, and I don't know. Who knows math? Um, <laughs> is that math? Who knows addition? That's, that's very difficult <laughs> it's, it's in difficult. your calendar. Maybe that's why I'm not good at games, because I struggle with things like uh, addition. Anywho, we um, have been looking forward to it. That We had one play with him, and it was really good. And we've just been following it along. We both backed it. It is the first game that Dean and I both backed on Kickstarter, right? Yes. Together, yeah. Together. Uh -huh. We yep. both got our own copy is what I mean. Uh, usually he gets it and I'm like happy and or I get it and he's happy and we high five each other and we're happy to play the games. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that actually happened. Can you high five me right now? I will not. He's leaving me hanging, Meeple Town. For the I, entire episode, your hand's going to be up there. Nope. That I, was not I high my hand. myself. That was not my hand. I high five myself. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I should have pretended like it was you, huh? Yeah, Dean, way to go. So we've been waiting, you know, anxiously and excitedly for eight months or so to play this game. 
Um, and it arrived promptly, like in 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 you know all the in the grand scheme of things, like this came it came on time, but also like fast, real fast for a Kickstarter. And the best thing was I got it like a week and a half before Dean, I think. So even better, right, Dean? No, but I got to play yours right away, so it didn't matter. What are you looking like that for? Are you worried about our sound? <laughs> Let's talk about our art and components for Glenn Moore 2. All right. Uh, so what do you think about the art and components on Glenn right. Moore 2? Uh, amazing. All across How the about board. about that, huh? Next question. Wow. That's it? You're just going to end it like that? Great. Thickness of tiles. Great. The I like thick tiles and I cannot lie. The wooden components. I'm just going to keep talking. The wooden components with the stickers, the meeples with the stickers that look so cool, all of it, great, great, great. The only thing I would have a negative about is the cardboard coins. However, I have the metal coins, so I don't care. Boo. <laughs> so I agree with everything that Dean said. It, I love how they have the stickers for the for the Scotsman and for the resources that make them pop, really pop on the table. Um, every, all the tiles, I remember like I texted Dean because I was like, this is a thick tile here buddy and i was quite enjoying that i love the art on the tiles they're fantastic oh, amazing the, the art on the clan board is kind of okay but that's simply because it's mostly icons for moving around and that makes perfect sense uh, but everything else the art on the box is really nice the trays in the box are nice it's really cool that there are nine chronicles now because of the kickstarter and they all have their own little box that you get to put the chronicles in and so you it, it is a little bit to when you first get it you got to punch a ton of stuff and sticker a bunch of stuff and put it in the right boxes and stuff like that um but dean's like who cares yeah, I mean, you can make the choice. You don't have to sticker the the wooden pieces for one. Now there was there was there were some comments made out on the Twitter saying that they felt like it wasn't very clear what went where, and I totally disagree with that because at with each chronicle, it showed you what the contents were of that chronicle, so you can very easily go pick those things out and their symbols on each of those you just take them and put them in the box i don't i don't see why that was a big deal but apparently it was for some people so i question if it, it took a while to, to punch into sticker and everything if you're not that excited about a game i could see someone being like oh gosh yeah but i mean there's there's lots of games like that i just got in spoiler we'll talk about this maybe well i don't know uh i i back suburbia the collector's yeah. edition a lot a lot more punching and Oof, so much punching. Are you looking forward? Do you like to punch? I didn't have to stick or anything, but... No, I just... I'm not... I don't care about that. I just want to get things in the box. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, for me, even though it took me an hour plus, maybe even pushing two to get everything organized and set up, I just had a fun time the whole time because I was very much looking forward to it. And I, I agree with you. I didn't think it was overly complicated on where things go. The only thing I couldn't figure out is where the sticker on the Scotsman, the shield, goes. Yeah, okay. that wasn't clear. I did look that one up, but it... I mean, I was like, I'm assuming it goes on this I assumed because... it too, but I didn't want to put something based on an assumption, because you know what assuming does. What do you think about the gameplay? Gameplay moving on. Man, you're just cutting me off today, Dean. we got to keep this thing moving like Catan. What? What does that even mean? Well, like you were talking about not wanting to spend too much time trading in Catan. I was like, you got to keep the game moving. That's what we're going to do for the episode, too. Just keep moving. When John makes silly comments or wants to spend lots of time trading... I just got to keep them going. You know what I'm doing right now? You hear that? Me clicking? I'm going to ChuckNorrisFacts.com. Oh, and we're just going to we're going to halt right the the whole podcast right there for for making those statements. So, um gameplay is very good. 
Uh, in this game, here are some of the things that I very much like about it. it adds, I think I texted, I did, I texted Dean um, and Jonathan about, after I played my first game with my wife, we only played the bass uh, at, at that point in time. Bass. And I had, <laughs> I'm going to ignore that one too. <laughs> Actually, when you say I'm going to ignore it, you're not ignoring it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I had played that and I had texted them and I had said, y'all, this has almost everything I want in a game. And, and it's because I love the rondelle. I love how you're choosing the tiles to go into your village. And you're being able to jump ahead and grab one. But yet, the player at the who's behind has to get ahead before you can go, right? So everyone has you have to be last on the rondelle before you go again. So you have these really push-your-luck decisions that you're making. I'm going to jump to this spot. I'm hoping it doesn't mean that, you know, Dean gets those two or three tiles but then on the flip side you have whoever has the most amount of tiles has loses points at the end of the game so you're thinking like okay but i guess maybe it's okay if dean does that because then he'll have more tiles and you're thinking i don't know you know what i mean or maybe i'm just going to go for this one tile and, and, and push my luck because i'm i'm a war i want one that's like 10 spaces away i don't want to jump that high yet so hopefully no one takes it by the time i get there that's the first part I like. What do you think about the rondel? Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot as well. Now, I, I you know, I played the original game, and that that piece is the same. And but that's you know a big reason why I liked the game in the first place and wanted to to check out the second version of this because of of that very thing. I think that's I think that's a lot of fun. Um, now I'm I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the things uh, of of Glenmore One that changed in Glenmore yeah. Two that I really like. One is that in Glenmore One when you you're going through your scoring phase one of the things is your your chiefs i think is what they were called which are your scotsmen uh and how you score points off that so in this game in glenmore 2 what you do is if you count how many scotsmen you have in the castle and in your home castle and you're going to get points based on like your comparison to the other player we'll talk about that in just a minute but so that's how you score in this game. In the old game, what it was is that you have to use one of your movement points to remove one of your Scotsmen from the board to make him a chief, and then you compare your chiefs with the other players. I did not like that because when you remove them from the game, you can't use them anymore, and so it really it really kind of handcuffs you, and it makes you not really do that very much at the beginning, but at the end you find yourself using all of your movement points just to remove all of your Scotsmen. That that wasn't very much fun for me, and I I really so love that, that I love the change. change. Yep. Yeah. Also, in the in the original, there wasn't the clan board that you have in this one. The clan board, you're that adds up. you yeah you take these person tiles that do nothing else. Well, that, they help you with scoring each round, but then they don't go onto your tableau, so it keeps you know it helps you there that you're not adding more tiles to your tableau, uh, and then you move around on the clan board, which gives you resources. It gives you points. It's you know lots of different things that you can do. That part is really really cool too. Well done for sure. And I'll, I'll go back to when you mentioned scoring because that would probably be one of my other things that I love about yeah. this game. Yeah. And so let's take a time to, to talk about the scoring is unique. If you've I mean if you've played Glenmore, it's not unique. But if you've never played Glenmore or Glenmore Two, it's unique in the sense of you're going to score points at the end of each round. There are four rounds based on the lowest score of your opponents. So if Dean had five Scotsmen in his castle that he mentioned, but I only had one, Dean's going to get um, five funny. points. 
It's one, two, three. If you if you if it's a one, two, three difference, and then I think four is actually five victory points, and five is eight. eight I that's think. right. Yeah. So it's all relative. So it's really interesting because you're going to score four things. You're going to score these lands that you go out and get, the land cards that you can get. You're going to score Scotsman in your castle. You're going to score whiskey barrels that you have, and then the personality tiles that Dean mentioned. So you really try in the game. You're really needing to. Um, walk, you have to pay a lot of attention to the other players. Yeah, which uh-huh. I like the interact, like the Rondell interact. It's not like take that in, very much, except for I mean, you can get a tile that someone really wants. But it's got a just a perfect level of player interaction, in my opinion, with the Rondell, and then that whole thing of I've got to watch everybody else because wow, Dean's get a lot of whiskey barrels, and oh, he could score eight points at the end of this round because I've got three and he's got eight, and I can't let him score eight points because that's a lot. Right. So you you either want to have things balanced, like you know, kind of having a little bit of everything, or if somebody's really you know, if John, if in a two player game, it's harder to do this with more players, but in a two player game. If John's really, really loading up on on whiskey, you need to make sure that either you're also doing that, or you you're are really, really on loading up on on something else, yeah. like personality tiles or something like that. But then, in a, a more than that, more uh, the three or four player game, which I prefer, the three or four player I game, do too, I prefer, yeah. but because th- it makes it even more interesting. Because I could say that um, Stephen has eight whiskey barrels. I've man, I've only got one, but I see that Dean's got five. So maybe I just kind of risk it and go, all right. Let's let Dean, you know, help lower his score a little bit. I'm going to go heavy on personality and try to score myself. But then if Dean sells some whiskey barrels for some reason, like depending on the Chronicle or whatever, I could get hosed too because of that. So it's kind of like you're kind of pushing your luck, hoping that they keep going for that. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because you do, like in in more than two players, you have to count on other players to help balance things out you know or you know to not be the the lowest because if you know they're the lowest and the the other player is the highest in that you're in the middle you're going to get points but not nearly as much as the other player potentially so you're like okay step up your game john you need to start getting more which is what i like about it yeah i I like that that you you you're really paying attention to everybody in the game Love that. And then the scoring at the... Just kick the table there. And then the scoring at the end, how I mentioned earlier, you're going to get points for how many coins you have, but you also lose three points for whoever has the the most tiles versus the least. So if Dean has 12 tiles in his village and I have 15, then I'm going to lose three times three points, nine points at the end of the game, which could lose the game for me. It could. Now, I will say this, that I, I have... not. I've had some games where the person who won had more tiles than anyone else and lost points Oh, you at killed the end. me in the first game we played. That's right. Yeah. And it was and I had I tried to go I think I had 11 tiles and you had like 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, you lost 18 points. That's right. That's, lost, right. that's right. That's what I did. Was. So but you lost 18 points. So you had yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. but because what you have to do is you have to, you know, figure that out in your head. Like I'm going to lose points from having this tile. I'll, I'll lose 3 points from this tile. Can I gain that some other way? Like, yeah. can I get six points from this tile? Because then it's worth it. So you have to really just think that through in your mind. And I, I think that's good that they do that. That you lose points because you're you're hoping that you gain points based on the tiles that you're playing. So, exactly. So this kind of balances it out if if you're taking a lot more tiles than someone else. When I first heard it, I was wondering if I would like that. Like, oh man, because I want to really build this massive city. But it's who has the most efficient village. That's right. it. And that is exactly right. You couldn't if you didn't do this. Then if someone jumped eight spaces, then you, the other person could just sit there and pick off every tile. I'll take this. I'll take this. I'll take this. I'll take this. It would ruin the game. It would. Yeah. It would. Yep. And so th- it's it's really about how can I most efficiently score the most points. That's the whole game. 
and that's it's excellent. And also like um, wanted to mention like the engine building aspect of this game, to where there's you know <clears throat> you can build engines that can help you get more whiskey barrels. You could build engines that could help you get cattle and sheep, which then you can trade in later on um, for uh, for victory points. So I like it has like it's not a heavy heavy engine building game, but you have those little engines that you're building. And I think that's just so fun. It's just, like I said, a little of everything. I love how also you place the tiles into your village and how the, you have to have Scotsmen next to them, diagonally or orthogonally adjacent, you know, to be able to place the tile in there. And then whenever you place a tile, it sets off and activates everyone in there. So you're constantly thinking tile placement's a huge deal in this game, where you're putting the tiles and how you can most efficiently do that as well. It's it's just so, so many really cool mechanisms, mechanics, that just come together in for an extremely fun game. That's right. And, you know, one of the things that, that our concern was, and this is a concern that I had based on Glenmore 1, is does this get old? Because, the, you know, the same, the same tiles are coming out. The, the You know, you're going to do the same game every time, and that's why Chronicles come into play. So John mentioned there's in the Kickstarter version, there's nine. In the base game, just regular, you know, retail edition, there's eight Chronicles that you get. And I've played four of these i think yeah i think i think think, i've played four of these and i think that is really what what adds the replayability to this game and we're not going to go through all of these chronicles but i do want to talk about a couple right so so the first one that we played this is one that we played originally uh with the you know the the prototype uh the proto race yeah the boat race one the dragon rate dragon boat Dragon boats, mm-hmm. dragon boat race. Dragon boat race. This one, it, there's interaction because what you're doing is you're moving your boat around the different tiles, the river tiles on everyone else's board, and and if you have less players, you're also going to have these separate boards off to the side, and you are gaining resources as you go around that track. But here's the thing: if you're the first one to the end, you're going to get a boatload of points, <laughs> right? A, a 15 points, I believe, is the case. Yes. Uh, second place, you're going 10. to get 10. Third place gets. Well, it depends on how many. Um, it depends oh, right. on how many players you're playing. But if you're in, we last play this a three player play, game. Yeah, if you're right. in last place, it's awful. Yep. You don't get points, and then you don't get to score your victory point, uh, your coins. coins at the end. Now, sometimes you have a lot of coins at the end of the game. Sometimes you don't. So you could play it to where that doesn't hurt you as bad, to where you're spending the coins so you don't. But still, that could be a huge. Huge swing. It can. Now, we played this. Um, I played this one a couple times, but the, the three-player game, the last three-player game that we played of this, the person who didn't win the boat race... Won the game. Won the game, yeah. But I think there's a benefit of doing the boat race, though. Like, it, you know, because of those points, but also getting the resources as you go around. I mean, that's the thing is, you and I were building this, like, movement kind of engine a little bit yeah. in our village, and he noticed, well, I don't know... I'm not doing as well here, and at some point you kind of just stopped worrying about it, I think. Yeah. A little bit. And, that, and that's what you constantly have to do in this game. Mm-hmm. You constantly have to be shifting in the middle of the game and go, okay, wait, shoot. Now do I really keep going here? Do I Should I go this way? Because I've recognized people aren't paying as much attention to the landmark cards as they used to. You know, and, and so that, that's, man, that's fun. And I, I want to agree with Dean that the ver- after I played that first time, um, I started playing the second time with my wife, and we did add the boat race. But because the tiles are mostly the same, they are the same if you're not doing the Chronicles. They're the same tiles every time. I looked at my wife and said, man, I really like this. I hope it doesn't get samey. But after seven, eight plays now and changing out Chronicles, and you can mix and match certain Chronicles and different things like that, it has not been samey at all. Every time you add a little Chronicle, which generally a lot of them don't add a whole lot of complexity to it, 
it, they're not overly complex. It's just like it just changes the strategy of what things I'm going for. Am I going for the whiskey because it's the the whiskey casket uh, chronicle and I'm really going heavy on that or the haggis or whatever. Uh, so it, it definitely changes it a lot. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. So out of the ones that we played, so we've played the haggis, we've played the dragon race, we've played the dragon, dragon boat race, the Highlander, and the whiskey one. The whiskey one. Out of those, what do you think is your favorite? Probably the whiskey, the whiskey barrel one. Okay. The whiskey cask. I would. It's close for me. I really enjoyed the haggis one. Now it's it's oh, it's good. more random. Uh, when we played this one, we were playing a two player game of this, and the first two rounds, I got. 40 Dude, points. It was ridiculous. 40 points based on Haggis before John was like, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I should also get some Haggis. I know. It was yeah. like he scored 20 something points, and, it, and I was like, oh, man. And then I, I worked on it a little. Well, what happened was Dean took two of the two tiles that I could get to convert sheep to Haggis. Right. He, he immediately is like, all right, I'm going this way, and, I'm blo- and I couldn't do anything about it because I couldn't do that. What I should have done is kept taking all of those tiles if I could have, you know, yeah. forcing forcing that. And what happened was... That could have won the game. John w- came back and won this game, which was really impressive because, you know, we... I think most of our games... I don't make very many comebacks in games. <laughs> <laughs> most of our games, what, we probably scored like 60, 70 points is, is, pretty, yeah. is pretty decent. This game we scored... You scored over 100 on this one. Yeah, but that's because the haggis really changes the way it, you score. It the does. Game. It does. Yeah. Like all of all of those different chronicles really change things up. But yeah. Now, okay, so you've played four of them. Which what's the one that you're most excited about playing next? Uh, the of the one you mobs. haven't played. I want to play Penny Mobs really bad. We almost played that the other day. But yeah, I think that, that it really seems really interesting. That's probably the one I've been most excited about the whole time. I just haven't gotten to it. I think for me, and I can't. I'm trying to find this in the in the online rulebook, and I don't see it right now. But the one where you get scoring cards, like you can pick the scoring cards, and I can't figure out which that one is. But but basically, you have these different ways, other ways of scoring, and you vote on them. And oh if, yeah, that looks really cool. If the vote passes, then then this I goes into. I forgot about that one. Yeah, that yeah, sounds really. I think that's the one I'm most excited about playing next. Yeah. But but anyway, I just want to explore it a ton. Yeah. But, all right. Final thoughts? I think so, man. I think it's time to final thought it, baby. All right. You Uh, go first. Okay, I'll go first. So this game, I really enjoyed Glenmore 1. The things that I didn't like about it, Glenmore 2 changed and and then some. You know, like the the clan board, I love that addition to this. I love the way they changed how the Scotsmen score. I love the Chronicles because it adds so much replayability to the game. So for me, a game that I already enjoyed really bumped it up to a game that I absolutely love. Surprise, surprise. Right? Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I give this one, this is one of my one of my highest games of the year. It's a nine and a half. Yeah, baby! For me. This nine game is... Nine and a half! Such, yeah. a, such a blast. Yeah, it's 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 a ton of fun. I was so. my own sound effects on that one. Yeah, I, I heard you. What about you, that, Hi, no, Mr. That's Hype? A, nine and a half, so that means... On the podcast, this that would be your second highest rated game of the year. Yeah. Now I do have another nine and a half game. I, I think. I don't, well, maybe not on the podcast. The Empires of the North was Empires another of one. The North. That, but I don't know if we did that on the podcast or if that was just. We didn't do it on the podcast. Okay. Yeah. So so I've got two nine and a half games and a ten game this year. So it's minimally top three for you, no doubt, no problem. Right now. Of the year, yeah. Of I think year. I think of so. the year so far. of the so. year, not now. Some time. things might have changed. I'll go back and look at it. But I think right now, yeah. That's amazing. Well, for me. It is the game of the year, baby. Whoop, this whoop, is whoop. the game of the year right now. I haven't played Maracaibo yet, which I'm really excited about. This is it. This has everything I want in the game. I love the weight. I, I like the weight of it. It's not like overly complex. Like I've realized more and more, I realize that I 
I, I enjoy a game where I can think, but also talk to people while I'm playing it. Right. And, like, enjoy that, that community. Enjoy And, like, when it gets overly thinky, I lose that element. I can absolutely do that in Glenmore 2. It's got engine building. It has fun uh, tile placement. It's got the rondelle. It has neat scoring. It has it's a fast all those... game. It... Yeah, it's fast. <laughs> yeah. No, really, we played, my wife and I and Dean and I have played two-player versions of this in at 45 minutes 45. or so. Yeah. I mean, it's uh-huh. it's quick. I mean, I think the, bo- the box says 100 or 90 to 120 minutes. If I'm playing four players, maybe. But if everyone knows what they're doing, and maybe not. Even four player with everyone knows what they're doing, you're not going to play two I hours. I sit back and I go, I don't know any game that I can pack this much fun in in this amount of time. I'm saying ever. Ever. I'm saying I'm not saying it's my this favorite game. This is John's game, favorite ever. game no, of all time. No, that's not what I'm saying. You heard it here. I'm saying I don't know any game that in under an hour I can have that much fun. That's probably right. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Can you think of something? Ginkopolis, maybe? That, that, mm, I like this better, I think, but I liked Gink a lot. It was yeah. good. Yeah. It was good. Um. So, hey, 10 out of 10, baby. <laughs> First time uh, a new game, I think, right? Uh, yeah. On the podcast. Because so you this did is, Terraforming it's Mars. It's been a year, but... and I've not given any new games... Yeah, a, a ten. The only one I give had given a ten was Terraforming Mars. Ten out of ten. This is a top ten of all time games to me right now. Yeah, I, I'm getting. I'm. I love this game. My wife loves this game. I keep wanting to play it over and over and over and over again. This game is stinking awesome. If the year ended right now, it would be my game of the year. I love Glenmore 2 Chronicles. I think a lot of people would like this game for all of those reasons you just said, too. I don't think that's just an us-isolated thing. I think a lot of people are going to absolutely love this absolutely. game. Absolutely. I mean, if you don't like Euro games, you're not going to like it. Uh, besides that, you know, I mean, gosh, it has so many cool pieces to it. And like I said, it's not overly complex, but it's definitely got enough thinkiness to keep you keep you going and keep you coming back for more and trying to think, how could I build a better engine? How could I score more points? You throw in a Chronicle, it just changes the way you score. Now i got to think of a new little strategy, which is great. Yeah, It reminds me of Snedonia whenever we were talking about That's why I love Snedonia. I love that deluxe master set because you add a little something new. It changes it a little bit. Right, I think it's right. so fun. I love games that do that. I think that they... Fun tells, holy smokes. I don't know how they're going to follow up. I mean, they're going to follow up with another game. Just shut things I down. Just I know. It's like you go, go out, out on top. One, one hit wonder. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, how do you follow up a game that's almost flawless in my opinion? Yeah, absolutely blast of a game. All right. So one question we like to ask is, is it worth it? What's yeah, the price of this? So I'm on board game prices and they're all pre-order right now. $55. Now we paid $59 for the Kickstarter. Um, that's it, crazy. It has Cheap. so much in the box. So the box is heavy. It's giant. Great, great um, components. I just, again, I say Funtel's killed it. This is like 100% a, worth it. This is like a collector's edition. This is better than some collector's editions of yeah. games that I have. And it's $55. A lot of people would have charged $80 for that game. Absolutely. Yeah. No this doubt is, about it. This is worth it. There's Funtel's the, made, they made the, I think they made the right call to make it, that, that price was like the perfect price for me, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, so absolutely it's worth it. Plus, we love the game, so that's yeah. a, another plus. No doubt about it. So, boom, <laughs> there it is. So, that is Glenmore 2 Chronicles John, a whopping 10. Woo-woo! I give it a 9.5. That puts it at, I think... That is our collective highest score of the year. I think that's Podcast, right. Podcast, YouTube, everything. Yep. No, Tapestry is close. but Tapestry is close. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, that's where we're at with Glenmore 2. Let's get on to our showdown between football highlights and baseball highlights. Mm-hmm. 
ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is the moment you've been waiting for, where we will pit similar games against each other and each decide which one is the best. This is the showdown in Meepletown. Alright, so if you listen to our top 10 games of all time, you know that up way, way up on my list in the top three. It's going, as a going, of fact, going. Gone. was baseball highlights 2045 and i kickstarted football highlights 2052 because i like football a lot better and i'm i was super pumped to get this in so we got this to the table right away that's what we're going to do today is we're going to compare these games say which one is better and yep let's just jump right into it all right let's go so uh, which one do you want to talk about first dean oh the older one how about that you want to do a little bit of baseball highlight i'll let you since you're you're so Hype on baseball highlights. Just mention what you the things you like about it. Yeah. So, well, first off, baseball highlights came out in 2015, and it's a Mike Fitzgerald game, Eagle Griffin games. Art is by William Bricker. In this game, it's deck building, and you are going to head to head with another player, and you're just going to be starting off. Each player has 15 cards for their whole team, but you're only going to take six cards of those each game, and you're going to play those cards, and each of those represents an inning. So it's basically six innings of baseball in the future. And you're going to play out those cards. You know, it'll it'll have a an offensive uh, part of it where you are threatening hits. And then it will have potentially a defensive part, something that might trigger right away. And then you're just going to go back and back playing your cards back and forth and moving your base runners around the board, trying to score the most points in a game. That's baseball highlights, right? And then, well, okay, that's the base game. But then if you're looking at, like, the tournament of it, you're drafting in between games. You're doing that anyway, head yeah. to head. You're drafting in between games. But then, like, you always have 15 players on your team. So you're sending some down to the minor league. But by the time, if you're playing a tournament of this, you might have a, a, an entirely different team than what you started the game off with. So, thoughts. Everyone knows my thought. This game is a 10 for me because it's, I, I think it was my you, number can two. Can I ask game. you a question, though? Uh-huh. Um, I know you don't like baseball, but you like sports. Do you think non-sports players would like this game? Or yeah, you think- I do. You do? I, I do because it's the the gameplay it, I th- is fun. Now, I think if you really are into baseball, you're especially going to like this yeah. style. I think, anyway. But um, but again, I'm not a baseball fan. I'm a, I'm a sports fan, but I'm not the biggest baseball fan, and I, I, I was really enamored by this one. So I am a baseball fan for sure. I'm also a football fan. I watch more football than baseball, actually, because I don't buy the package to watch the Indians anymore like I used to. Um, so just straight up because it's on TV more, I watch college football. I watch um, NFL, um, every game the Titans and the Vols play. I watch, so I'm a big, big football fan. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big baseball fan as well. Um, baseball highlights. I really enjoy the deck-building aspect of that, of that game. I really enjoy that... Um, early in a series you might purposely lose not purposely lose but not care as much about winning because the cards also they're multi-purpose so one of the things that you're doing is not only laying a card down and uh, threatening to hit a single or a double um, or canceling one of Dean's hits plus I'm threatening to run a double but they also have a dollar value on each one right so usually the higher more powerful cards are don't have as higher dollar value and the cards that aren't as powerful have a higher dollar value and so you have to use those dollar values in between games you don't have to but you get to to purchase more cards to build your deck so I may go to the first game going I don't care as much about the first couple games even of a seven game series, I'm not dying to win this game, but if I can build a deck that I can beat Dean 
four times in a row to win this series, then I'm good to go. Right. In a seven game series. So it's really cool, man. It's really cool the way that, that you can score, uh, that you get money on those cards in the way that you're building your deck and how you could even build a deck that's like, I'm going to get a bunch of fast base runners and a bunch of the robots that help you steal. Right. But then Dean goes, this guy's got a bunch of robots. So I'm going to get all these cards that say cancel everything that, uh, you know, you can't cancel the stealing part, but cancel all robot hits or something like that. There's robot cyborgs and naturals. So right. you're like, you're constantly, there's that back and forth. Uh, and usually I don't like that chest like you do, I do, you do. But in this, because it's deck building, I really like it. And it's because okay. it's more than just one thing. It's not just like, okay, I'm threatening a double. Okay, I'm canceling it. Oh, like the cards are multi-purpose. So it's yeah. like, I'm threatening a double. And then Dean's like, okay, well, I've got a card here that says cancel one hit and home run. And then it's back to me and I'm like, oh, crap. Like, okay, what do I do with this home run? Oh, I already spent all my cards to stop it. So it's he's going to hit it. And so you're making those decisions like, okay, do I save save some things that can cancel Dean's moves to later in the match of the game? Or do I go ahead and just cancel it right now? Push your luck. Am I going to cancel this right now? But man, maybe he has a a triple and a double card. Oh, I don't, you know, later on, I don't want him to get both of those. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah. the, the tough part of this one is when you're, you know, if you and I are playing head to head, I can cater my deck to yours. Yeah. But what I can do, style. if you're doing a tournament, when yeah. you're playing the next player, you don't know what their team is like. And so you have to think, do I want to go, like what John was saying, focus on like those different types of characters that you're playing against? Do you want to have a, a heavy defensive team? Do you want to have a more balanced team or, or you know, a heavy, heavy hitting team, fast team? There's lots of different I mean, directions. you could totally say, I don't care what they score. I'm just going to score more. That's right. And you could win 10 to 12 in your games and just be like, yeah, oh, well. Uh, if you're, you can't win 10 to 12. You can win 12 to 10. Did I say win 10 to 12? You did. 10 to it's, 2? Maybe is that... It's just like when that person corrected us on YouTube just a minute ago <laughs> and said, the plural of die is dice. I'm like, I know what it is, but whenever you're talking in front of people, sometimes words come out. I think people are yelling at the radio at me more than they are you. Like, no, I doubt it. Dude, just let them talk, man. Don't correct his math. <laughs> Next. <laughs> All right, All right, so what about football? That's baseball highlights. So football highlights is one that uh, really just came out. Yeah, you like just I said, got I, it I, this I, week, didn't I you? I backed this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got it within the within the week. And this one came out, okay, this year. It's designer Mike Fitzgerald again, also Eagle Griffin Games. The art on this one is different. It's by Garrett Kaida and Franz Vowinkel. And in football highlights, it is, it is a little bit different. So you have a team where you have 15 cards in your deck, just like in baseball highlights. Your player mats are not baseball diamonds. Obviously, they're football fields. And what I am doing is I am trying to move my football into John's end zone. So actually, my football is on John's player board, and I'm trying to move that into the end zone. And then he's doing the same thing. You start off with 10 cards in each, in, in every... Uh, every half so yeah. you're going to play a total of, of 20 cards and you're going to draft if you play the the basic game you're not going to draft before the game but if you if you're familiar with it you'll draft before the game and so you only start off with five and you draft 10 cards total if you are playing the basic game you don't do that but you will just draft in the uh, at halftime and you'll take five new cards in your hand and get rid of five cards uh, but what you're going to do on this one, what makes it so unique, is the first player is going to play an offensive card. Each card has offense at the top, or offense at the bottom, and defense at the top. You're going to play your card on the, with the offensive side facing your opponent, and that's the offensive play that you're threatening. Then the other player, in this case John, would play a defensive card to match that as best he can. So there's run plays, there's pass plays, and there's maul plays. And 
uh, mall is just either it's it it's run or pass it's yeah. the same you know it, it acts as both and so if i'm running the ball and john tries to stop me with a pass defense then i'm going to be able to flip a card to be able to get more potential more yards after the play uh, yards after the after the run if he matches it up perfectly his defensive part triggers and you just keep going back and forth like that now here's the the cool thing about this i think the unique part of the game is that once i finish my play my offensive card goes to the side and you only have four plays to be able to get in the in the end zone or kick a field goal and then you're done with that series and then you reset what John would do is after he's played his defensive card is he's going to turn that card around so the same card becomes his offensive play. So the uniqueness of this game is that you're, whatever you play on defense, you have to think about what your offensive play is on that same card. Yeah. And and that's just the, the gist of it. You're just trying to get the most points based on that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I, I thought that football highlights was, was okay. Um, some of the things, and since, since we've talked, now we're talking about football highlights, we can start comparing. Is that, am I allowed yeah, to sure. do that right now? Sure, you it. just did a really good job of explaining it. So I just thought I'm just going to go into what I like and what I didn't like about it um, compared to baseball and what I didn't like about baseball or liked compared to football. Um, as I mentioned just a second ago, I love the deck building aspect of baseball highlights is the highlight I think for me, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, it really is. And in this game, you're only deck building one time. Mm-hmm. Versus if or or two if you do it at the beginning of the at game. the beginning that's yeah. true you're right about that that you're right versus if you're playing a three game pre series and then a world series for seven games right you're deck building um, I guess that's nine times because the last time you wouldn't do it after the end of that game so there's a ton of deck building plus like I mentioned earlier I love in baseball the aspect of the card being played that has different dollar values on them. In football, you're just drafting. I draft. I take one. Dean takes one. I take one. Dean takes one. There's not none of them have higher values of the other ones or whatever. So, that's definitely a giant check in the baseball highlights column for me compared to football highlights. What do you think about that that element of it? You know, surprisingly, not really. Yeah, because wow. what it does. You mentioned earlier with baseball highlights. You're you're not throwing a game necessarily, but at the first game no, you, you might focus all on the money, yeah. which. Might as well be throwing it, if, you know, if your other player's not doing that because they're going to play low cards, you're going to play high cards, value of money anyway, yeah. and you know you might lose because of that. With football, the thing I like, I don't know if I like it better, but I, I do like it quite a bit, is that you're only focused on the game and doing your best to win the game with the cards that you have. Mm-hmm. And you're not at all focused on how much money that card is worth. Yeah. So part of me, I don't know if I like it. I, th- I think I do like that piece of it better, I in, think. In, fo- in, in baseball. But but I really, no, I like it better in football. Oh. Yeah. In baseball, I do like that you're, you have to have purchase power to buy those players. Yeah. I think that's cool. But I just don't like it at the first part of the game when you're not playing optimally necessarily you're playing to get the most money out there. I love that. So that's just something we just disagree on strategy and stuff. It's not that yeah. I dislike it. I just think I like the football highlights part of that better. That's interesting. Because yeah. you're just focused on winning the game and that's it. Yeah. I just like the extra little bit of I don't mind like losing a match. I was teaching my sons the game this morning and I was telling them don't worry about the first game or two. Yeah. I mean I'm not saying don't I mean try to win. But, like, make sure you get those cards out that get you money so that you can... Because at the end, it doesn't matter. You, you, they could beat you, you know, in a seven-game series, you know, three times in a row. But if you get the most amazing deck and you can beat them four times in a row just because you're better... That's right. And, and that's another thing that I like about it, thinking the other way. Um, if I don't think about my deck as much, I'm like, oh, yeah, I won the first game. Oh, yeah, I won the second game. I've played plenty of times now where I lost the series because 
Uh, I've been playing on my phone a whole lot, actually, um, because the AI just built a way better deck and just crushed me by yeah. the time we got to the yeah. end of it. And I thought, great. It's it's that tension. Now, wait. Now, wait. What do I do? When do I, I just, it, to me, that's much better in, in baseball highlights. But Yeah, so I, I like the deck building piece of that probably better in baseball highlights. That might not make a whole lot of sense, but I think I do like the deck building piece You're of that. the dollar amount. The dollar amount. Um, and I get it, and I think it's cool in baseball, but I think in football you're focused more on just winning the game. What about the gameplay itself of football? Um, of football, it, it, honestly, Dean, it fell a little bit flat for me. I, I mean, not flat. Like I enjoy playing. If you want to play, like I really love football, so I was like, I was really excited that you got it because I was like, I would love to have a really fun football board game, and it was a f- decent, fun football board game. Will I play it again with you? I will. Um, but was I overly excited about it? No. Um, because it felt a little, it was definitely a lot more random than baseball. Um, and it was ra- more, ra- and it felt like, I didn't feel like I was, maybe I just don't know the game that well. And so I'm, I'm willing to leave this statement open. I felt like I wasn't having to make great decisions in the game. Like it was kind of like, these are the cards I'm dealt. Yeah, I'm choosing between this and that. Um, I don't know. And again, maybe it's my lack of, I haven't played it 20 times and I don't know the depth of it. So I'm not, but it just, it didn't, the decisions I was making weren't as good. And then the randomness, like if you're going to, if you can't score a touchdown, you're going to go for a field goal, depending on how close you are. Now you, you have a number on your card, which that's not really random because you could play a card that has a high, a high field goal value as your last play. That's so that's, I like that part of it. But then it's possible that you have a really high value and you just need a two and you flip over a one or something like that, you know, and which is like, dang it, like I built this all up and I thought I had it and then it just didn't. So, but with that being said, it leads to a lot of hoot and holler moments. Right. You know? Yeah. And I think that's why I do like Like football highlights quite a bit because it feels, it feels like football, honestly, you know, like. Like you, you get everything perfect. You're ready to win the game with a field goal Someone at the last minute, and, and you just shank it. Like yeah. that's that's football. Now it's not. If you're thinking of, from a perspective of like a football player, that might be but frustrating. Coach, if you're the coach, but a coach you've done who you, you can't control everything yeah. that happens on the field. You know, for example, you know I talked about the mismatch with the offense and defense. If there's a mismatch, you're going to flip over this card that's totally random, yeah. and it could be like. You just broke a tackle. This actually happened. Like at the end of our first half oh, of, yeah, our, of right. our last game that we were playing, the I, I flipped over a card at the end of the first half that allowed me to run for 30 additional yards or something. Or 20. 50. No, it was 50. Well, oh, I got, well, I got 50 one. total. So I was on the 45-yard line, and I got a touchdown. And it was because John mismatched. Now, from a from a player's perspective, that can oh, be someone's ringing the doorbell. <laughs> that can be pretty frustrating. But like from a coach, you're like, oh man, like I did everything right, or no, you didn't. You mismatched the defense and offense. You did mismatch the defense, and that's but a, the that's odds a, are very low that that would happen, but it can happen, and it does happen. Yeah, I'm a Lions fan. It happens all the time. <laughs> all hey, I'm a Tennessee Vols fan. We lose time. games by a hell mary at the end. <laughs> Every day. But that being said, so there is a lot more randomness to this game than there is baseball highlights because of that action deck where you're flipping it over and you don't know what's going to happen. If you want to go for a two-point conversion, what you do is say, when you flip over this card, is the yardage higher on the pass play or the or the run play? Yeah. And that's all you're doing. And when you flip that over, if you picked right, then you get the two points out of the two-point conversion, yeah. which mathematically... Um, that's probably not too far off when you're looking at, you know, 
regular football. Sure. Well, that's what. Okay, so at the end of our very last game, we have to talk about this because it was. You, we actually have a video of this. Maybe. We do have a. Video. We, we haven't posted this. You should this put it on the twitters. <laughs> you should do. Or on I don't want to post this on the Twitter. So at the very last game that we played, I am down one point. I just scored a touchdown, and so I can. And the game's a, over. I'm. A, I can't play anything else. No, he can't point. play anything else. I can kick a field. I mean, kick an extra point and tie the game, and we'll go into overtime. But we this was the end of Tennessee game days. We both needed to go home. Right. I was kind of tired, and I'm like, Mm-mm, I'm going for I'm Mike going Ra- for the Rabel dub. It, Tennessee folks. I'm <laughs> j- we're rolling it. We're rolling the <laughs> dice. Uh, and I'm and so I was like, I'm going for two. And going for two is literally taking the card deck, picking pass play or run play, and whoever has the highest number. So you have a fifty. It's a fifty fifty chance. Yep. It's a coin flip. Is basically what happens. And I call pass play. I flip it over. It's a pass play, and I celebrate as, as as quietly as I can because <laughs> I didn't he want to He ran be around crazy. the room. I did run around the room and then I was like, in your face, Dean! <laughs> That's super exciting. But that was um, that was a very exciting moment. Yeah. Now, I will Even say... Even if I would have lost it, it would have still been exciting. You said that you think the decisions in baseball are more important. Was it, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Did you say that? Yes. I totally disagree with that. Really? Yeah. I, I think the football decisions are more difficult than the baseball ones. I think, and okay, I'm going to go ahead and say, I like baseball better. Okay. I like baseball highlights better, but if you've played a lot of baseball highlights, you have an idea of what you need to play each time with football. There's a lot more to think about because you're not just thinking about the defense that you're playing. You're thinking about the offense. When you turn it around, you're thinking about, you know, should I audible, which we didn't talk about, but you can audible. Each player can audible three times per half which is you either play an audible card or one randomly off the top, just like baseball highlights. You know, it works just like that with the pinch hitter. And, but the decisions that you have to make, because you cannot stop everything, you just can't. And so you have to think, do I want to just, you know, is it okay for me to let them have 10 yards? But potentially, if you let them have 10 yards and it's a mismatch, they can flip over and it can be a lot more. It could be a touchdown. Right, it could be a touchdown. So you have to think, is it worth it? Like you, it's a risk management at that point. You know what? What am I willing to let them have right now, just so that I can play yeah. this offensive card that I really want to play? So I think those decisions are, are, are more difficult in football. I feel like the baseball is um, more tactical, and in the football, I don't know how to. I'm trying to explain this as best as I can. The football is more like football, and baseball is more like baseball. Yes. Like, and so yeah. in football, it's a lot more swingy. A team can be down 14 points, and in uh, two minutes, it's very possible you do an onside kick or something, you know what I mean, in, in the game, or someone scores a touchdown, the team fumbles the ball, which you can fumble or intercept in this game, in the yep. board game. Mm-hmm. Then they get the ball and they score again. In baseball, you're down five runs. It's it's not so easy, you know, to come back. You know right. what I mean? It's, I mean, someone could hit a grand slam and score four runs or whatever. That's what I think I'm like. It, they're, they're much more thematic. I just, I feel like, um, style of play I like the baseball style of play just better and I like those decisions that I'm making there because some the reason I say that is I, I feel like I can make a really good decision in football highlights and still kind of get screwed you know what I mean because something bad yeah. happens and yeah. you're like uh in baseball I feel like I agree with you though you've got six cards it is easier, easier to go oh he's got a cyborg I need to stop the cyborg right like, way easier but I'm thinking of the series long and decisions that you're making when you're drafting and all that kind of stuff. Um, but in football, I could make a pretty good move and still get hosed, and that's fine. It's thematic. 
systematic. Yep. I, I really think that there are going to be people. I'm one of these people that I would, I'll tell you this, Dean. Dean thought he said I asked him what he thought I would give baseball highlights. Earlier. Are you gonna Are you gonna give it a score? Um, I'm not gonna give these a score. I might give this one just to just to tell you what I would what I'm thinking right now. Dean thought he, I would give it based on what he knows me about a seven and a half out of ten. This is like a nine out of ten. Really, I really like okay. baseball highlights. That makes like, me know, really excited. Actually, he's, he's very smiling because <laughs> I, I, but I love baseball and I love those those tactical decisions that you're making over the course of the game. And so honestly, I really enjoy baseball. It might not be quite that. I don't want to officially lock that in, but that's what I put real quick on BGG after playing. Like I, I'm like I really want to own this game, except for I don't know. Besides you. I'm hoping that I could maybe buy it and get my dad into it because he loves baseball, but I'm worried that it's it's not that complicated, but I'm worried it's a little too much for him. I don't know. That's why I got my sons playing the app right now just to let them, and they, they actually were playing all morning like, oh, dad, That's what great. should I do? Yeah. And so I was like, okay, cool. So maybe I can get it for that. Football highlights, on the other hand, like I said, uh, fall flat is maybe not the right word. It's I, I wanted to say the thing about baseball because I want to say that I really love baseball highlights. Yeah. And so for football, it was kind of okay. I enjoy it. I would play it again. I'm not going to go get it. But again, if Dean says let's play football highlights, sure, I'll play it. Yeah, I, I think for football, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier, football is not as good as uh, – football highlights for me is not as good as baseball. But, but, you know, it's my number two game of all time. So it's going to be really difficult to – I mean, it would be almost impossible to dethrone it. That's right. That's right. But I think football highlights feels really thematic. And I love – I love those, like – really cool moments you know when you you know when you're flipping over the card and and the the randomness i think is is very thematic and and i love it but i can see how people won't like it yeah and i'm afraid with football highlights is i'm gonna have a harder time finding people to play this game with me i think because the people that i play baseball highlights with uh, really enjoy that game but I'm, i'm i'm afraid maybe that that randomness might be too much but for me i really really still enjoy so like football highlights, highlights. Yeah, yeah i like it a lot like so do you think that i'm totally lost my train of thought do you think that how great baseball highlights is might kind of overshadow football a little bit too, for some people because they just love baseball and they go mm, it just doesn't measure up it could or because people love baseball which is like me uh people that like baseball highlights so much really would want to check this one out and might play it in a different situation potentially and i don't there, know and there will be people out there that just that i think that won't like baseball highlights simply because it's baseball and they don't think yeah. it's interesting but yep. really love football so on the flip side i do think there will be people that will like this better than baseball highlights especially if you don't mind the kind of randomness and again i don't disagree that that's more thematic it is more thematic yeah. yeah, as as a coach or as a as a spectator of the game, yeah, I think I think that's it. So both of us would agree. We think baseball highlights is the better game, but I like football highlights quite a bit more than what John does. Yeah, for sure. I think that's yeah. that's pretty fair. All right, so that's going to do it for episode number twenty eight. John, tell us, tell us, tell yeah. people how they can get know. in touch with us. Yeah, so um, we are on YouTube. We will have some videos, as I mentioned, um, YouTube reviews of some of the stuff that we've talked about here today. So just look up Meeple Town Games. Uh, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and on Twitter. Those are at Meepletown Games. All of those. We obviously have a podcast, and uh, if you want to subscribe to it or rate it or whatever, we would thoroughly uh, enjoy that. And lastly, we are Board Game Geek Guild 3407. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Thank you.